0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Blood Red channel. Uh, we're bringing back a split opinions which hasn't had on the channel for around two years just to talk about Sadio Mane's exit from the club um, and who can possibly replace him. We've got Pat Smith and Matt Addison. Who's going to be the who are going to be arguing the cases of Darwin Nunez and Christopher Nkunku. Um, so, what do you think, boys? Pat?
1: Well, for me, I think Darwin Nunez is definitely the better option of the two. You know, he's played out on that left wing for Benfica and Uruguay a couple of times, but he is now a striker, so he's got the ability to play both positions. I think he's a more like-for-like replacement for Mane, as in Nkunku himself can cover many positions, which I think could be seen as positive, but for me, it's a downfall if you're trying to replace Sadio Mane but I'm not sure what Matt's going to think about that one.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? You can go one or two ways, I think, with this. You can go for a, a little bit of a different option, which I think is is what Pat's gone for in terms of different to, to what Liverpool already have. I think that could be useful, certainly in terms of having lost Divock Origi as well this summer. I think you do need that little bit of maybe not a target man maybe that's not quite the right phrase but that kind of more fixed number nine but I think for me Sadio Mane has been such a a perfect part of this Liverpool team I don't want to change it up too much and I think look Christopher Nkunku and and Sadio Mane are not the same player they are they are different in certain ways but I think there's there's certainly similarities there you could mould Nkunku into being a bit of a, a kind of Mane type player and I also think in in terms of the versatility it's it, it, it's worked for Liverpool for the past five or six years. I'm not sure it needs to, to be changed up. So, yeah, that's that's my thinking. Darwin Nunez is is a brilliant footballer. I was really, really impressed with him when yeah. he came to, to Anfield and, and played Liverpool. But for me, Christopher and Conker all day long.
0: So, nothing has actually been sorted yet with Manny, but it's really looking like it's going to be going that way. There's Bayern Munich gossip coming up every day. Um, but why, why do you think all these links have just came? Obviously, there was... There was the interview before the Champions League final where he like hinted that he was going to go and he was going to discuss uh, what he was going to do afterwards, which was basically saying, I'm getting off. Um, but do you think he's trying to get himself a new contract or do you actually think he wants to get off? Do you think he's been treated probably not as well as Mo Salah and he doesn't like it? Or what do you think on that part?
1: I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I think the main reason for it with Erling Haaland, who's... Arguably, the poster boy of the Bundesliga, you know, a poster boy attacker, obviously joining Man City. Lewandowski looking to leave. I think it's not only an opportunity for Mane to no longer be, you know, not in the shadow of Salah because I don't believe he is, but I think in his mind, he sees himself as probably the number two at Liverpool. You know, he's not nearly the poster boy of the league. Whereas if he goes to the Bundesliga, he'll be not only the main man at Bayern Munich, one of the best teams across Europe, but one of the main men, you know, the whole league. And it's a massive marketing opportunity for himself, and I think he wants that. He's was saying in his press conference with the Senegal national team, he's going to do what the Senegalese fans want him to do. <laughs> he's saying he's got social media like everyone else and he's been seeing tweets about him wanting him to leave. And he said that he'll do what they want him to do, which, you know, is a very, very strange one. You know, you've got to understand the move from Mane's point of view. Obviously, I think Liverpool are going to do everything they can to try and keep hold of him. And it's by no means over yet because though it's looking more likely he's going to leave, he's not actually said, you know, definitely yet that he's leaving they're the questions from Sky Germany, you know, we've had a couple there's those. One for the Champions League final, they asked Klopp and the journalists basically seemed to know that Bayern had already made an offer, which was, you know, an interesting one. But yeah, I think it more depends on the if people can get, you know, would you cash in on Mane now and take 40, 50 million or would you let him go on a free next season? That is a big dilemma. I think for me, if you can sell him, get some money and get a very good replacement in Nkunku or Nunez, which would be, you know, ideally for me, Nunez, I think that would be the best way of going about it.
0: I mean, Matt, he's he's 30 years old now, isn't he? So if we could potentially get a little bit of money for him while we still can, is it almost better in a way to let his legs run out on someone else's watch or what do you think?
2: Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, we know what Liverpool's model is. It, it is to, to sell players and, and use that money to kind of reinvest and get a younger version, I think. it it would be easy to say just keep him and you know get the extra season out of of Mane and that might be worth more than what Bayern Munich are willing to pay you know we we don't know that at this stage plenty more can happen over the next few weeks but I just think it's it's not really worth keeping him if if he is intent on leaving. he wants to go and and have a new challenge I think that there are other players out there as we're going to sort of come on to this course and I just think it's yeah his age the fact that it does seem like he does want to go I think it, it doesn't really make sense to keep him against his wishes just in terms of kind of the, the wider picture as well I mean it's not like when Mane came in he was the attacker wasn't he Liverpool now we've got Luis Diaz who's already come in they've got obviously Mohamed Salah who will be there next season whether he's there beyond that we don't know but he'll definitely still be there next year Diogo Jota I think ends up with what 21-22 goals last season obviously tailed off towards the end but for the first sort of two-thirds of of that season was brilliant and I just think that's you know they've got other options now it's it's not a case of if you lose him you're kind of worried about what might happen to Liverpool next season I think if they do lose him they'll definitely have a replacement they've definitely got other options so yeah for me it, it does make sense to cash in but Liverpool have said they, they want 40 million pounds for him by Munich, sort of around the, the kind of 30 million euros, which is about 25 million. So there's a bit of a gap, I think, between the valuations of the two players. And obviously, Liverpool got Thiago for, for 20 initially, plus another five in add ons. So that was a, a similar situation. So Liverpool not in the best position, I don't think, to, to kind of negotiate upwards for this one. But yeah, I think if, uh, if Bayern got close to that 40 million valuation, I think it would probably make sense just to let him go.
0: Yeah, so seeing the kind of targets that Liverpool have identified in the front line recently, you've got Jota, who can pretty much play anywhere. Uh, Diaz, who's looking like he can do exactly the same. Um, Moving from... I know, obviously, when Mane first came in, he did start on the right wing, but he's been pretty much... he's He's been playing central recently, but he's been a left wing, hasn't he, the whole time he's been here. So could you see Liverpool looking in this new evolution of the strike force, looking to get a player who can just play anywhere. So they've got completely in- interchangeable options across the front three. Right?
1: But... Well, yeah, I think that's the interesting one. I think that's probably the best case for Christopher and Kunker because he's got that ability. You know, he can play on the left, on the right, he can play up front, he can play number 10. He could probably even do a job in midfield. You know, and Klopp does clearly like to have those versatile players. But on Darwin Nunes as well, he has played out on the left. I know we probably want to avoid signing another left winger because that's the problem with Mane, you know, being one of three. I think it would make more sense as now, you know, Darwin has now transformed into being a striker. Because, you know, he is being called the next Luis Suarez, Nudson Cavani and funnily enough, you know, his game time came from Uruguay out on the left wing because obviously he wasn't going to play ahead of those two as he's still at the very early stages of his career. But yeah, I've been saying for a long time, I'd love Liverpool to go for a more orthodox number nine rather than a winger convert because, you know, Diego Jota's played there a couple of times. Far more effective out wide. Same with Sadio Mane, though he's been brilliant through the middle this season. Yeah, he is best out wide. And same with Salah. He's been tried there a few times. You know, We've switched up to a 4-2-3-1 with Salah up top. It's not quite worked. So yeah, someone like Darwin, you know, I was saying, funnily enough, on the Red podcast yesterday, if Mane is going to Bayern and Lewandowski wants a challenge elsewhere, don't go to Barca. Try yourself in the Premier League. Why not? You know, I know it kind of defeats the point of maybe saving Mane, running out his legs, as you said. In one year contract to Liverpool. Niventoska is probably over here for a year or two himself, and he hasn't got much left in his legs. But I'd love to see that happen, you know, especially with the amount we cross the ball into the box. I was saying all this yesterday. It's such an opportunity for us to go for a more complete striker who's good in the air, you know, will win those half chances and score. But sometimes the wingers can be a little bit tentative, I think, going into those challenges in the box. So I think Darwin Nunes, he's got the pace, he's got the tenacity. He's got the physicality and he's clearly got the goal-scoring record. You know, six goals in 10 in the Champions League for Benfica, who, granted, massively overperformed themselves this year. And he saved their league season as well because, granted, they didn't have the best to finish. I think they finished third or second. He massively pulled them up. I think he had 28 goals, 26 goals in 28 league games. You know, outrageous numbers for someone who's only 22. So, yeah, I think he's a very promising talent and he's one that I'd like to see, sign.
0: So... Matt, talk to us about Nkunku, why, why do you think he'd be a fifth for this Liverpool side?
2: Well, Pat talks there about the sort of numbers that Darwin Nunez is putting up, and I think it's fair to say Nkunku is, is doing a little bit better. I think it was 35 goals for him last season, 20 assists as well, so he can do a little bit of both. I think there's certainly elements of a Liverpool player in him. He's obviously come from a Red Bull club and, and come through that system, which I think is, is something that Liverpool maybe... Maybe favor. I think it, it would almost be fair to say to say that. I think there are certain similarities between them. I think it's certainly easier to adapt. I know there is this kind of Bundesliga attacks type thing, you wonder, you know, could he put up those same numbers in England? Perhaps not. Timo Werner and Kai Havertz and various others haven't managed to do that. But even if those numbers did drop off from Nkunku, I think that they're so, so strong in, in both areas, not just the goal scoring, but the, the creating as well for teammates, I think is is so, so impressive. And I think for me, we don't quite know what's going to happen with Liverpool's front line. We don't know at this stage what's going to happen with Mohamed Salah. That could go either way now. So, Obviously, the, there is the, the case for an evolution, a number nine. But for me, I'm kind of thinking about the, the longer term. I think if you've got someone like him, you've got Diogo Jota that can slot into a couple of different positions. Whether Mohamed Salah stays or goes, you've kind of got that cover then for him within Kunku as well. So, yeah, that's that, that's my kind of thinking, really, the the numbers, the, the speed, the way he would sort of fit into this Liverpool team. I think Christopher Nkunku would would be my answer. I also think he'd be slightly cheaper than Darwin Nunez as well. I mean, sort of the the numbers being touted for him are kind of 80, 85 million. I think probably if you went to Leipzig, you would probably get a, a little bit less for for Nkunku. So yeah, be an interesting one. Both both really good players, but yeah, for me, Nkunku just makes a little bit more sense.
1: Just yeah. on your last point there, Matt. where do you think he would fit inside so the that on? But where do you think he would oh, fit in a Liverpool starting eleven? You know, because he's not really got an out-on-out position, has he? Where would you play him? No, I mean, it's
2: it's a hard one, isn't it? I think I'd probably play him through the middle. I, I can see him sort of taking on that role to begin with. He's he's, he's able to do the kind of link-up play and, and the kind of firmino type play. And I think that's... it. it it's a hard one because he's got no kind of natural position. He's a little bit like Sadio Mane and you kind of feel like you're, you're fitting him in there, but you know, Sadio Mane didn't particularly feel like a natural number nine last season for, for the last few... Few weeks or, or months of it, but still was getting the numbers and, and producing probably his, his best football to be honest in, in a Liverpool shirt. So, yeah, I, I think if you had Nkunku through the middle with Salah and Luis Diaz either side of him, I think that would be would be impressive. And yeah, obviously you could slot Darwin Nunez into the the same position, but I just think it, it would suit the way that Liverpool play a little bit better, and it would be a challenge for him to to kind of adjust and, and come in straight away. But again. It doesn't particularly matter because you've got Diogo Jota that can play in that position. You've got other players that can can come in and, and do it. So for me, he's a he's a less risky version. I think Darwin Nunez has only really been at that level for one season, whereas obviously this was was a breakout for Nkunko in some ways. But he's just got that that extra couple of years of experience. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: Yeah, and I do think with Nkunku as well, he, he's he's quite a versatile player. So, as you say, he could play down the middle. And I think he started this season off for Leipzig in midfield. So, being being able to have an option that can play, like like Firmino is capable of dropping because he's, he's false nine, isn't he? So, he's capable of dropping back and helping out in the midfield. And I think having a similar player like Nkunku to him would be really helpful for us. Just just in terms of options. And like We, we know that Liverpool going forward are going to, trying and overhaul them the midfield anyway because they're all getting on a bit aren't they so just sorry man I'll come
2: see you now. yeah no the, the Firmino angle is is brilliant as well to, to kind of talk about that because obviously we're looking this summer at a Sadio Mane replacement probably next summer you're looking for a Firmino replacement so if you can kind of do both of those in one you then give yourself an extra move that your next season so for, for me the the fact that he's a little bit firmino as well is, is kind of, is no bad thing as well. I mean, you look at the amount of time that Firmino was out injured this season. I, I do wonder whether he is the one that you maybe let go on a free and, and wouldn't offer a new contract to. I think if you can get Nkunku now and, and replace Firmino as well as Mane in kind of one player, it makes a lot more sense than trying to do that next summer because if Inkunku has another season at Leipzig doing what he's doing, then he will certainly be more expensive than Darwin Nunes.
0: So talking about Darwin Nunes, he's a. I think he gets tarred with the wrong brush as a bit of a Andy Carrollie, like sorry, did I cut out there? Uh, no, like, like like a bit of a like big man. I, I don't. I don't think he's the type of player that, that is a target man. Um, the way the way we saw him play against Liverpool, he, he's he's got pace. Um, he can get him behind. Um, he was playing right on the line. Um, I think he had, did he have two goals disallowed or both of them went to VAR because he was playing so high up? Um, one got given, didn't it, um, which, he put, which the line up put the flag up for and the other one um, got ruled off. But it just shows you that he's he, he, that's exactly what you want in a Liverpool player, isn't it? To be right up, pressing up against the line. Up.
1: Well, I think far away from Andy Carroll for Liverpool striker so could be <laughs> <laughs> much appreciated. Yeah, exactly that, you know. He is a big lad, but he doesn't really play like that target man. You know, he's obviously got the physicality because it, it's what part of what makes him such a complete striker, actually, because he's absolutely rapid as well. But especially for his stature, you know, there's this stupid thought that big players aren't quick. No, look at Erling Haaland; he's absolutely rapid. I think Nunes, granted, he's not as much of a physical presence. He's definitely got the physicality. Not as you said there, you know, playing on the last man, spinning in behind. That's where he's at his best. Granted, you know, got caught offside a couple of times, but that's against. Possibly one of the greatest offside traps, aside from the classic AC Milan. You know, this Liverpool team are amazing at doing that. That's why they caught him out. But yeah, I think that's a huge bonus to his game. And as I was saying before, they might cross the ball. You know, we've not really had it on with that physical presence, apart from Origi, who now is left too. So you know, that can also fill another gap because Matt was mentioning how Nkunku could cover maybe Mane and Firmino, or well, Nunes could cover Mane, and he could also cover that physical presence you need from Origi, Because you know, let's say it's obviously not going to start every game. If you are chasing a game when most teams against us play two banks of four, a bank of four and a bank of five, and you're whipping it into the box, he so could be an ideal option to have there, especially for that physicality. As you mentioned, the Andy Carroll-like <laughs> presence in the air is
0: <laughs> same here, I just mean, In in the sense, in the sense of a like, I feel as though he, as a player, because he's a big lad, and big lads just automatically all get put into the same category. I don't mean he's that like Andy Carroll stylistically, <laughs> but just in in terms of that like number nine forward big lad like Ibrahimović would have been a better example than Andy Carroll but like that's what I mean so Matt with um, with with this Liverpool team can you see a change of going forward with, with the links that we've had can you see a change of system possibly because um, I don't particularly think as much as Nkunku's brilliant, I, I think it takes an amazing player to, to fill that Roberto Firmino role but like if we're talking about getting Darwin Nunez, uh, and he's going to be starting up top. W- would Liverpool need to switch it up, like tactically, or what do you think?
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think we've seen it a little bit this season in terms of they kind of went four four two at certain times. They had Luis Diaz through the middle for one or two games, didn't they? And obviously, Origi isn't there, but you can have you know a, an alternative to him. I think it's it's probably something that we'll see a little bit more of. I don't think they'll move away from that kind of four three three completely, but it's all right to have that plan B, isn't it? It's all right to, if you needed a goal against Wolves, for example, you can throw someone on and and Origi is the one that that scores it or creates it. I think that is something that Liverpool are going to have to think about in terms of of that kind of, of replacement. I think with with either of, of these players, you could put Nkunku in, in a front four. You could put Darwin Nunez in a front four as well, and it would kind of, of work. I think it's it's something that you want to have the opportunity to do, but I don't think it's going to be a case of next season Liverpool play 4-2-3-1 every week. I think it's it, it's still going to be that basis of, of a 4-3-3 and, and kind of slot in the players as and when you, you kind of need them. But I think it would be it would be no bad thing to have that option to go and do that. Hopefully, hopefully Liverpool are not behind too many times next season and they don't need to to kind of shake things up and, and, and chase an equaliser. But yeah, I think it will be broadly the same formation, but we might see a, a little bit more of a, a front four at times. And, and Fabio Cavallo, to be honest, ties into that as well. I think that kind of number 10 option, Liverpool haven't necessarily had that before, but certainly they've got that now.
0: Yeah, Fabio Carvalho is an interesting one, actually, because he's played as number 10. I'll come to you, Pat. He's played as number 10 for Fulham, and Liverpool
1: tends to not play with number 10, play with two eights, don't we? So how can
0: you see Carvalho fitting into the
1: side? Oh, he's so good. He's such a talent. Now, I've only seen him play a couple of times for Fulham, flicking through the channels. But, you know, he's clearly a standout, noticeable player for such a young age as well. Harvey Elliott saying in an interview as well that he was his favourite player to play with. You know, he's probably the most exciting talent he's seen. Which says a lot because Harvey Elliott himself is another promising one. I mean, for me, I wouldn't mind seeing a return, maybe a change of formation of Klopp's old four, two, three, one that he played at Dortmund, you know, if we were to sign Nunes as a striker, why not try Carvalho on the 10 behind him? You know, Klopp's done it before he made it work with Dortmund. Maybe this Liverpool team could evolve to try that, especially if we don't end up signing, you know. I think Chiumani looks set to join Real. A couple of other central midfielders we've been linked with, you know, Bellingham, a pipe dream, you know, not gonna happen this season, basically. We may need to switch to that in terms of not having enough numbers in midfield, especially with Fabinho's legs going towards the end of the season. Tiago, you know, is barely keeping fit. I know he's kept fit for quite a long part of this season, but, you know, it's a problem. And I think the priority is probably signing an attacker. And the way we spend, I can't really see us going out and signing another midfielder. So maybe it's not a terrible option to switch to that four-two-three-one one because we've got a number of players now who could play in the number 10 role. Or even if we do end up signing Christopher and he might be best suited to playing in that number 10. So yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm not really sure, but uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a return to that formation. And I think Carvalho definitely is worth a shot or maybe he could be moulded into that Firmino role because obviously we've got a year left of Firmino's contract. That might be the way. It's going it's, it to be interesting to see what Klopp does, actually does with it and because he has played in midfield. He could play in that number eight role behind and you know have more space like Javier has at times. But he is good enough definitely to play in that false nine Firmino role because he has got the firmino skill set, as Matt was talking about with Nkunku.
0: Well, I think it's safe to say, however we shape up at the start of the next season, you, you trust Jürgen Klopp to get it all sorted, don't you know what I mean? It, it, our, our transfer record has been absolutely impeccable. There's very little failures throughout, and whether it is Nkunku or Nunes or both, or if Mane goes, or however it shapes up, I think we, we've got the right man in charge to do all that. So, um, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um If you've got any thoughts or comments, or who you'd prefer to see inside next year, make sure you whack them down below. Um, And if you're if you're not already, then subscribe and leave a like as well. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.